a plea for British values. Today, Labor Day, September 1st. This is The World. I'm Marco Werman. British Prime Minister David Cameron unveils new measures to combat extremism. Adhering to British values is not an option or a choice. It is a duty for all those who live in these islands. Also today, a Liberian radio station changes format to devote itself to round-the-clock Ebola coverage. Ebola is real. We try to just get our people to know that this disease is real and is killing. And Labor Day shoppers celebrate the return of a supermarket chain catering to immigrants. Well, it was it was a grassroots effort, you know, right from the bottom up, and uh, you know, they, everyone's coming back. Plus, the secrets of the Vatican's marble floors. All after this news. Support for PRI's The World comes from TIAA CREF, a financial services company helping to create financial outcomes that matter. Learn more at TIAA.org. I'm Marco Werman. You're tuned to The World. When hundreds of would-be jihadists leave a Western nation to fight abroad, a government is bound to do something about it. Mr. Speaker, we are proud to be an open, free and tolerant nation. But that tolerance must never be confused with a passive acceptance of cultures living separate lives or people behaving in ways that run completely counter to our values. Adhering to British values is not an option or a choice. It is a duty for all those who live in these islands. That's British Prime Minister David Cameron. He spoke today in front of the House of Commons about expanding British terrorism prevention and investigation measures, known in shorthand as T-PIMS. His address comes as the terror alert in the UK was elevated to severe late last week. For what all this means, we reached our partners at the BBC. Their home affairs correspondent, Dominic Kashiani, has been on the case. The British police know that there are hundreds of men who have gone out to fight in Syria. Some of those guys will now be in Iraq as well. They want to try to stop these people going. Uh, They want to be able to monitor them on their way home. The toolkit they've got to do that is fairly limited. So, for instance, if the Home Secretary has prior knowledge that someone's traveling to Syria, she can use a special power called the Royal Prerogative, effectively exercising the power in the Queen's name to seize somebody's passport before they get to the departure gate at an airport. Now, the police can't do that themselves. So these are the kind of powers that the government now says it wants to create. And the most controversial element of this package is a suggestion that the police and the security services could actually also stop people returning, even if they are British citizens. Yeah, I mean, that's a really curious uh, aspect to these proposals. Uh, Wouldn't that, denying passports for those British citizens coming back to the UK... Wouldn't that uh, leave some people stateless, possibly? They have- yeah, this is the really big issue. Look, the, the UK already has a power to render somebody stateless, providing it can prove to a judge that that person has a possible second nationality that they can adopt, like somebody who was born in the UK but has Pakistani parents. We've seen it used in that kind of context. But there's this vague area here that if a passport was cancelled while someone's out of the country, does that leave them stateless? And in fact, this afternoon in the House of Commons, the concern was so much that one of David Cameron's former closest allies told MPs that he did not think this was workable. Now, this was a real shot across the bowels of government. It would be the equivalent of the chief counsel in the White House saying to the president, I'm sorry, your proposal isn't going to work and I'm going to tell people publicly that it won't work. So 
There is a lot at stake here. What are some people saying about the risks that these new tools could be abused? I mean, is there concern? There is some concern from within Muslim communities, but there's also concern on the broader sense of how are we dealing with the Syria problem. If you think that 500-odd people have probably gone from the UK to fight in Syria. Some of the people have returned and have become, in the eyes of police, a terror threat. They've already been arrested and there are trials pending before the courts. Now, one of the arguments is that if you create more and more tools which uh, securitize the Syria problem, you will have a situation where people who went off to fight against the Assad regime in Syria will suddenly start regarding the UK as part of the problem when, in fact, all they went to do was to fight against the Assad regime and not necessarily against the UK. Now, this is a real concern because some of the people who say these tools aren't needed are suggesting that what the government should be doing is spending more time, money and effort trying to de-radicalise these people who are coming back brutalised from a foreign war so they can be reintegrated into society. Was it the beheading of journalist James Foley and and the apparent British accent of of his killer? Did did that start all of this? I think that's been a key issue in...